powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much. Please, everyone, sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. This episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's Better, H-E-L-P.com slash Derek Duvall Show. So before we jump into this episode, I want to say a huge thank you to my last guest, my great friend, Amy Gravino. It's always a great time when her and I get to chat, and the feedback to her episode was incredible. If you've not had a chance to hear our in-depth interview, I strongly encourage you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. So welcome to episode 171, and we have a great episode lined up for you today. We have on the show Jill Miller. Jill is the co-founder of Tune-Up Fitness Worldwide. Jill will be imparting her wisdom on a variety of health-related topics, such as the best use of the diaphragm muscle, breath work, and her new fitness paradigm regimen. We will also be discussing her best-selling new book, Body by Breath, The Science and Practice of Physical and Emotional Resilience, which is on bookstands now. We have lots to discuss. So let's get Jill out here. Duval Nation, please welcome to the show, calling in today from her home in Los Angeles, California, Jill Miller. Jill, hello. Welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How is the weather out by you today? Well, I'm in Los Angeles, and we're doing really well today. Is the sun out there finally? You know, thanks for asking. Most people don't realize that we literally were drowning this year, but it's beautiful now, and there's pollen everywhere. For those of you with allergies, we're with you. Fair enough. So with the pandemic now officially at an end, how was it for you to navigate the COVID-19 world? Oh, wow. What a question. My dad's an infectious disease doctor. And so I was very blessed to have an ear to the ground, a very close ear to the ground. You know, he still works the ICU. He still sees COVID patients. And so I felt like I had like kind of an insider's point of view on best practices for, you know, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. And, you know, everybody ended up getting sick eventually and everybody luckily pulled through. And, you know, I used my own work very much, helped me with my lung health and helped me to recover quickly, I think, as well as those in in my family. Mm -hmm. So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born? And what was it like to grow up there? I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. But I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So the majority of my childhood was spent in the Southwest. I've uh, I've never been to Santa Fe, but I've always seen pictures. Very beautiful area. Oh, my goodness. I hope you can get there. It is not there's nothing like it in the U.S. And, And, you know, what people don't realize, Denver gets all the credit of being the mile high city. But Santa Fe is 7000 feet above sea level. So what are your favorite memories from your time at the Northwestern University? 
My favorite memories are probably bonding with my wonderful roommate, Bita, who is now a, a doctor, and starting a dance theater company after college with a number of women that were in the performance studies department with me. I, my degree is actually in a very niche communications major. It's called performance studies. So what we did was we disassembled all modes of performance, even including radio, all modes of spoken word. We would break down text as well as dance and create very, very, well, I guess it was very edgy stuff. I mean, I guess you could say it was like, that's how people became performance artists is they would take this major performance studies. I have found it extremely useful in all my professional work because it's really taught me to question everything. And I, I'm a chorist at heart. So at what point in your life did your journey to find non-pill solutions to combat anxiety, depression, and eating disorders begin? It began when I was struggling with two different eating disorders in my teens. So I mentioned my dad's a doctor. So my dad is very, he loves that RX pad. And I've spent a lot of years as a kid getting sick. I was, I had strep throat constantly until I finally got my tonsils out when I was 17. And I think from that point on, after I had my tonsils out, I declared myself, I don't want to take pills ever again. Uh, and I'm happy to circle back to that because I certainly have taken medicine since then. But um, what, one of the, one of the things about that for me was it it was a I, I think a declaration of some of the the preferences and the control that I needed over my body. And the type of control that I really exhibited over my body blossomed into something called anorexia nervosa and bulimia. And so I had two different eating disorders in my teens that were probably would have been treatable with medication, but I was medication averse. And I ended up being very talk therapy averse. Talk therapy didn't end up working for me. And what I discovered was that by going through my body with pressure, I started to use massage tools in my body, especially in my guts, I was finally able to face some of the major issues and, and also face some of the emotions that I was afraid of feeling inside myself. And so I, I developed kind of a fleet of rubber drugs. These are self-massage balls that really help people to connect into, all, into their bodies in all sorts of ways, whether they're dealing with anxiety or are using the therapy balls to help them manage addiction, or they have other aches and pains, uh, repair from a knee surgery or shoulder dislocation or neck pain. These are really very simple at-home tools that I've developed to help people manage a range of different symptoms as an adjunct, as a complement to other treatments that they might be getting. So what led you to found Yoga Tune-Up, which I believe now evolves into Tune-Up Fitness Worldwide? Yeah, so Tune-Up Fitness is my company. And under the company, I've, I'm, a, I'm a creative. And so I have a, a number of different programs that I've developed under that umbrella. Um, the first one was called Yoga Tune-Up, and Yoga Tune-Up was in response to things I was seeing in the yoga classroom. There's a much longer journey of me becoming eventually a yoga teacher, but once I started to teach yoga in classrooms, I started to see that people's bodies, man, most people's bodies, didn't really accommodate the positions that a lot of yoga postures demand. And I could see that 
people's shoulders or hips or backs were struggling to try to execute the, the pose, right? The ideal pose that you see in the books. And so I started to teach people these little tune-ups. I would say, come on out of the pose. Let's learn the bones of the shoulder. And I would create these little exercises to help people move their shoulders in all the different ways that shoulders move. And I would teach them the Latin names of the bones and the muscles and also the biomechanics of the shoulder. And these little tune-ups then would help them to reassemble their shoulder so that they resembled a shoulder. And then they could go back into whatever pose it was and be able to embody that a little bit better. So what I'm describing here is the ability to for somebody to, to build better proprioception or body sense. But along the way, I also discovered that I could use grippy pliable balls, these yoga tune-up balls. Um, I could teach them to roll themselves, to massage the tissues of the body. And this was an even faster way of helping people to illuminate what I call body blind spots, areas of overuse, underuse, misuse, abuse, or confuse, body confusion. And so the tools ended up being a way to highlight these different body parts for them. So it became a format that was very disruptive to the yoga space because it, it wasn't just yoga poses. I disassembled yoga poses. We did corrective exercise. I brought in self-massage. And then, of course, some of the other features of great yoga are breath work, as well as uh, great, great mindset orienting practices to help people live better in their body and manage these body blind spots. Now, before we talk about your new book, I do want to briefly touch on your first book, The Role Model, which is a very clever title, by the way. Would you say your quest to find non-pole solutions for a variety of ailments was the inspiration to write the book? Absolutely. Well, as I was describing, when I was developing Yoga Tune-Up, the, the rolling on these balls took on a life of its own. And I found that there were so many communities that could benefit just from rolling. Maybe they weren't interested in yoga. And so I wanted to brand the rolling practice, which in the, in the greater fitness and therapy space, we call this self-myofascial release. So it falls into the bucket of, of self-massage or self-myofascial release. And so I started to um, dig much deeper into the research around self-myofascial release. I started to go to cadaver labs and um, work with the human form to learn more about structure, to learn more about uh, the ubiquitous connective tissue that connects the entire body, which is known as, as fascia. There are many different types of, of fascial tissues within the body. It's very exciting um, science if you want to talk about that at all. But um, so this rolling really impacts this these threads that connect the body together. And so when I had an opportunity to write this book with the publishing company, Victory Belt, they, they actually saw me on a broadcast of a colleague of mine, Kelly Starrett, who is well known for writing a book called Becoming a Supple Leopard. He's a multi New York Times bestseller. And I was doing a broadcast with him on a platform called Creative Live. And his publishers saw me presenting on breath and on fascia. And the next day I had an email from them that said, we saw you on, on the seminar and we'd like to publish your book. And I said, well, I don't have a book. And they said, well, write one and we'll publish it. And so I decided that what I really wanted to write was the book that, that you initially reached out to me about, which is my new book. Right. But I knew that at that time, over a decade ago, breath, the topic of breath wasn't really trending, but that self-myofascial release was a rising trend in the training space and 
it was starting to creep into general population. And I wanted to be uh, of help with that. I want people to, I, I, I very strongly believe that people should be able to perform their own self-treatment. And so I wrote the book, The Role Model, and it's wordplay, because you are your own empowered self-care healthcare provider when you learn uh, a set of a set of applications that can really work on any part of the body using a fleet of grippy, pliable, soft rubber balls. In your professional opinion, how important does the diaphragm play on one's well-being, both emotionally and physically? Oh, I, I have a question for you. How, can for I show it. you a question? Fire away. So do you know where your diaphragm is? I believe it's in the lower guts, but I could be wrong. Oh, I'm so glad I asked you this question. So the respiratory diaphragm is the most active skeletal muscle in your entire body. And it contracts 22,000 times a day to help air go in and out of your body. It lives inside of your rib cage. It is shaped like a trampoline and it lines the lower six ribs. It's like an octopus inside of a cove of bones. And when you breathe in, and in a relaxed way, if you're relaxed, when you breathe in, your diaphragm contracts, it pushes down, and you feel your guts expand. That's why when somebody says, take a deep breath, and your belly swells out, uh, many people misinterpret where the diaphragm is. What you're feeling is the pressure of the diaphragm pushing down and distending the gut, the waist, the lower back, even the pelvic floor. And then when you're body is ready to exhale, the diaphragm flies back up and your guts migrate their way in. So you have this oscillation that's happening rhythmically 22,000 times a day. And so, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't really need any attention from you. That's the amazing thing about the diaphragm. It, the breathing runs on its own. Your brain is constantly controlling it for you. You can go about your business. And most of us don't become aware of our breathing until we're, we're really out of breath. And then it really okay. sucks. <laughs> it yeah. really sucks. And we are <laughs> sucking to get the air in. And we typically will suck with muscles that are less efficient than the diaphragm, meaning we'll start to use muscles um, that are of the face, neck, and head. And if we do that chronically, we can develop a lot of aches and pains in the, the shoulder, the neck, the jaw, even the chest. So the diaphragm, in my opinion, is a formidable muscle. and It is the most important muscle of human life in the body. And because it can, because it is the chief respirer, it's the chief of breathing in the body. You know, when people, I think when people think about breathing, a lot of times they're thinking it's this nose to lungs experience, or maybe like you, you're like, I feel it in my gut. That's wonderful that you're actually feeling movement down there. Uh, some people can't even sense that. So that's pretty profound, but your, your breathing is a body wide experience. It's not just a nose to lungs trail. And the diaphragm is the muscle that helps make it so. Uh, I learned something new every day. Uh, thank you for educating me on that one. Okay, Devon Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Jill Miller. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths. You know, that's right. Clouseau style. Please give your attention to a few friends of my show and we will be right back. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder 
can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated, and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podcastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy. Hello, Duval Nation. Derek Duval here. Mental health is not only a top priority in my life, but it should be in yours too. As a combat military veteran, I have seen what untreated mental health looks like, which is why I've been using a therapist for well over a decade. Seeing a trusted therapist has helped me reconcile life events and other important things I've been witness to since returning home from the service and has changed my life for the better in many ways. Which is why going forward I am pleased to announce that BetterHelp will be sponsoring The Derek DeBall Show. BetterHelp is the world's first therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. Hey, it's Michelle Fabre, and you're listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can hear my brand new single, I'm All That I Need, on all streaming platforms right now. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Hello there, Gigawater gang. I'm Kina, the host of the boozy and delightfully foul mouth comedy podcast, Historical AF. 
I'm a nerdy public historian that is joined by a special guest each week to deliver funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. Past topics have included the magical manhood of Russia's mad monk Rasputin, my hot take the aliens did not build the pyramids, serial killers that both my parents happened to meet as children, Listen, I know what you're thinking. Kina, how do you even exist right now? Also, who was it? All right, I'll tell you. Spoiler alert, it was Sean Wayne Gacy and Mark Allen Smith. Anywho, we can't forget the spooky. I've covered topics ranging from the ghosts of Anne Boleyn to the night marchers in Hawaii. Don't look at them, guys. If you do, you have to strip naked and you have to lay on the dirt. Dim's the rules. You can listen and subscribe to Historical AF wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Historical AF Pod. And finally, you can check out the website for links to listen, sources, because citing is sexy, photos, and more at historicalafpodcast.com. Okay, bye! Hi, this is Glenn. And this is Sonia from Echo Valley. And you are listening to The Derek Duval Show. Here's a song called Faces in the Mirror from our album Anarchy and Alchemy. everyone, this is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 171 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with the author of the best-selling book, Body by Breath, The Science and Practice of Physical and Emotional Resilience, Jill Miller. All right, so I do want to talk to you about your new book, the one I reached out to you about, Body by Breath, The Science and Practice of Physical and Emotional Resilience. What inspired you to put thought to paper on this venture? I've been writing about this idea for probably the last 18 or 20 years. I I first taught a three-day course called The Core Immersion back in, I mean, 18 years ago. I don't know what year that was, but it was 2004, I think, 2005. 19 years ago, I can't count anymore. So this has just been something that has made my life extremely interconnected for me in terms of my mental health, learning about anatomy, being able to understand pain and to manage anxiety and to live with the anxiety body that I have. So as I described earlier, uh, one of the ways that I healed my eating disorder that I was able to finally overcome the eating disorder was I confessed to a yoga teacher when I was in college that I couldn't feel my abs. And that's a whole other story, but I I couldn't feel them. I felt like there was just this black hole in my gut and that I was bulimic. And I knew that not being able to feel my abs was connected to 
this eating disorder to this mental health issue. And she suggested that I lay face down on a bean bag that was shaped like a hamburger bun and it was stuffed with sand. Now a bean bag stuffed with sand is very hard. Like sand is really hard when you think about it. So I, I laid face down. I, I listened to her and she said, just breathe. And I laid my belly down on top of this hamburger bun and I did start to feel, and I started to feel horrible because it was extremely painful to lay on this basically concrete hamburger bun. But what happened there was I started to physically feel and I started to emotionally feel. And that action started to help leak out the experience of life that I was just subduing, running away from and avoiding. And so that was really the process that helped me get out of this illness. The next day I went home to my, in my dorm room, I rolled up a hand towel, which is a lot softer. And I made it into the shape of a honey bun. And I moved that around my gut as I breathed. And, you know, fast forward, I now have a tool, it's called the gorgeous ball that I use. Um, but I started to share this practice, you know, once I healed and many years had passed, I, I, I decided, you know what, maybe this might help other people. So I started to share this practice with people who had low back pain because I knew that the breathing muscles and the abdominal muscles are also neighbors and sisters and brothers with your other deep core muscles, especially your back muscles. And so I started to experiment with students and had them lay on these towels and breathe and get to know their diaphragm. And lo and behold, they started to report postural changes, um, back pain dissipation, improvement of hip range of motion, and deep calm, and lots of feelings, lots of emotions that needed to be brought to light. So there were a number of different things that this was helping with. And so the writing of this book is analyzing all of those threads, like why that happens, but the repercussions of going through the body to address your breathing, going through the body to address your mental health, rather than just leaving these things siloed up in your skull and just talking about it, or just a nose to lungs experience. So the book really extrapolates on many different topics that are related to breathing and self-regulation. And I really boiled down, you know, two major topics in very, very digestible ways. So that was a very long-winded story, long-winded, pun intended, um, <laughs> that boiled down to we are in deep need of physiological relaxation in this culture, in all cultures around the planet, especially post-pandemic, because what the all of the indices of disease are now saying is that the two diseases to watch the most are the rising tide of anxiety and anxiety and depression-related morbidities, as well as other symptoms related to anxiety and depression. And then the other disease that is on the watch list is long COVID. And both of these obviously skyrocketed and were amplified because of the being cast away at home, as well as dealing with symptoms and you know bizarre long-term symptoms of COVID. So this physiological relaxation that can happen by using the methods that I, that I write about in the book are one big part of tamping down that anxiety button and the allostatic, the stress load that all of our bodies seem to be containing now on a bigger level, that internal vigilance. 
And so one of the, the frameworks I have in the book is called the five P's of the parasympathetic nervous system. And if you really deploy these five P's in your body, you can get to a place of deep relaxation and let go of um, unconscious tensions that rule us structurally, as well as find a way to use your breath as a medicine um, and create a compound pharmacy of relaxation through a few other features. I applaud you that you were able to get through with your recovery. That's incredible. That's a powerful story. Thank you. So the book explores four types of resilience, building exercises, breath work, movement, rolling, and non-sleep deep rest. What sort of benefits can these activities achieve? Yes. So the four tools, so I, I skipped ahead and I was talking about the five P's, but these four tools when used can create these, this five P recipe, but the four tools are breathe, move, roll, and non-sleep deep rest or yoga nidra. So breathing, we've already talked about that breathing is automatic. Breathing is happening all the time, but it's also doesn't have to be an automatic thing. Breathing is amazing because if you decide to change your breath pattern, you can actually change your brain rhythms and you can also change the way your diaphragm is impacting all of its neighbors in your body. So we can have this cascade of either amplification if we're choosing it, we can breathe really fast. Um, but in terms of this book, really, we try to look at slow, deep breathing um, and slow, uh, expansive breathing, like full range of respiration as a tool. Roll, of course, is this self-myofascial release that I'm talking about. So there are specific rollouts that we can do to affect areas of, in particular for this book, role model deals with your hands and feet and all parts in your elbow. But this book really is dealing with the, the central axis of your body, that is pelvis through skull. And so there's these three zones of the body that typically are engaged in breathing. One, I mentioned before, your abdomen, right? When you're breathing in a calm, slow, relaxed way, you're going to feel this expansion in what I call zone one in the gut. If we're a little bit more amplified, if we're um, participating in sport or going for a brisk walk, our breathing is going to start to take place in our rib cage predominantly. I call that zone two. Um, but if we have a scare, if we have a fright, or if we're in a moment of excitement or high arousal, breathing will take place in the neck, shoulders, and collarbones, like like that type of a breath, a gasp or a startle or a fear response. And so um, the rollouts help you address which breath zone is your home and tries to help you balance ideally zone one and two as your dominant breathing centers. Unfortunately, because of, because of unchecked stress, many of us live in um, extra zone three breathing, which compounds our stress, compounds our pain, and also um, leaves us with, you know, difficult sleeping, teeth grinding, uh, ringing in our ears, uh, vision issues, neck pain, and so on and so on. So there's a lot of rollouts dedicated to zone three to help you um, dismantle that unchecked tension. So we've got breathe, we've got roll, and that you see how they're so connected. And then move are different movements that also can help uh, downregulate you or can help really pacify the body. There's some really fun exercises. And in that section, I also have some amplification exercises so that you can also practice breathing under tension. So it's important to be able to breathe when you're in stressful situations, but also to use the breath in tension for fitness. 
And then the fourth tool is non-sleep deep rest. And non-sleep deep rest, also known as yoga nidra, was this term non-sleep deep rest was actually coined by Andrew Huberman. A lot of people know about him because he's got an incredible podcast, the Huberman Lab podcast. But I've heard, I thought, I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's excellent. I mean, he's he's an excellent digester of current science, and he will talk about different topics. Andrew and I have taught together a couple summers ago. We taught at a, a breath retreat, and I got to know him prior to that um, through some other colleagues of mine. But I really like the renaming of Yoga Nidra into non-sleep deep rest because it really breaks it into this elemental um, thing that doesn't maybe might scare people who are like, wait, was that yoga? Was that Sanskrit? No, this is really profound conscious relaxation that that is typically done in stillness. The problem with the non-sleep deep rest for many bodies is that stillness, and this is where meditation can also be a problem for many bodies, Stillness uh, for many bodies induces a stress response. This is known as relaxation-induced anxiety. So many bodies, when they go into stillness, um, start to feel pain. Their minds feel completely out of control. And for some people, they start to have um, sort of shock feelings to their limbs, uncontrolled spasms, um, or nerve rushes. And so for those bodies, the non-sleep deep rest maybe is not ideal. But you've got in the book, Breathe, Roll, and Move. So that you're doing slow, steady, progressive things to impact your physiology so that you can actually enter into stages of quietude and parasympathetic, parasympathetic dominance, also known as the relaxation response. So it's very important for all of us, for our health, to find for us what are those best practices that get mm-hmm. us into that chill spot. That's amazing. You briefly mentioned, and I want to say that I want to get this word right because if I say it wrong, forgive me. It's interoception. Am I yeah. saying it the well, seventh sense? Can you walk my listeners through that? Because I found it fascinating. Yes. So interoception. Uh, I also have heard people say interoception, but it's spelled I N T E R O interoception. So maybe some of you are are you are familiar with the term proprioception, which I mentioned earlier in our interview. Proprioception is your body's sense of itself in positional self. So you're aware right now, um, Derek, probably you're aware of how much your left elbow is bent compared to your right elbow. If I just put your attention on it mm-hmm. um, and you're aware of your spine, you can feel the shape of it. Oh, and he just changed shape. Everybody oh, I'm very, listening. I'm very aware of my spine. <laughs> <Not back. laughs> so we have, we have these sensory neurons that are peppered all over our body that give us a sense of place, of space, of our, of our limbs and our body parts. Interoception is our ability to pick up on our physiology. It's our subtle sensing system. It's the ability to perceive the movement of air, to perceive the movement of blood. If I just asked you right now, close your eyes and feel blood moving all over your body or feel blood moving without touching a pulse point, locate a pulse point. So that is an interoceptive feedback. Um, uh, Organ sensation, like the feeling of hunger is interoception. Even the feeling of lust, of sexual longing, the the need to go to the bathroom, these are all interoception. Even the feeling of your own emotions. So um, interoception often can be very, um, very heightened for some people that are highly sensitive or it can be extremely blunted. And the exercises and the processes in Body by Breath help bring interoception 
into, uh, well, gosh, into billboard levels of awareness for people for whom it's been very dim. And that can be very helpful for understanding your own emotions and understanding and being able to communicate and sense other people's emotions. So interoception is very, very important about being able to recognize your needs and recognize other people's needs. What has the reception to the book been like? It's been incredible. I have been on the road nonstop, which is why I actually double booked. Our, we, I was supposed to talk to Derek, I think, a month ago, and I totally... <laughs> It's said my schedule has been crazy. So I've traveled, I've been traveling all over the U.S. and Canada. I was in New Orleans. I was in Houston. I was in Atlanta, New York, Boston. Um, I'm going to Chicago, San Francisco this weekend, Los Angeles, which is where I live. Um, and then Toronto. I mean, it's been really exciting. So um, lots of podcast interviews. And in all these visits, I am trying to help people to bring the book to life in their body so it's not just living on the pages because my mission is for people to find find their their embodied breath and so for me uh, the book tour uh, is about helping people connect with the work in their body and not just leave it on the page I've always wanted to ask this question I've never asked this of an author but what is it like to see your book on the actual book stand is it what, what kind of feeling does that give you when you actually see it? You walk into Barnes and Noble and it's right there. What is that? What, is, what, is, what emotion do you get from that? Oh, big, big face cracking smile, tears in your eyes and a sense of triumph. Like, wow, I've actually I've really done something. Um, so to true confession, I haven't gone to Barnes and Noble <laughs> since the book has come out. So I need to get there. But somebody just sent me a picture today from um, a bookstore. I don't know somebody on Instagram, but the book was facing out. Now that's the, that's the other thing. So when you go to a bookstore, many books, you just see the spine, but right. when a book is facing out, that means probably one of the uh, employees really liked it. And so they'll turn it out to try to grab attention. And so it was a face out book and it was in the psychology section of the bookstore, mm. which is great. I mean, because, because mental health lives in your body not right. just in your head. So I was really happy to see the book living in the psychology section next to other notable psychologists. I'm not a psychologist, but that made me really happy. <laughs> Which that actually leads into my next question, you know, because, you know, humanity has and continues to be put through the ringer with stresses upon stressors from politics to post-COVID living and more. How can your new fitness paradigm help alleviate some of that stress? It, it gives you a sense of center, and it gives you a place to retreat because it's intense out there. And to be able to build resilience by digging into your relaxation response really helps with your cognitive load, helps you be a better decision maker, and frankly, makes you more empathic to other people's problems. If someone listening today is new to yoga and it, or just general to exercise in general, what sort of advice would you give them? Oh, well, you know, I teach so many different things and the, the majority of people I teach and the majority of people I encounter um, find my way to the work because they have been in pain for a very long time and they don't want to be in pain and they want to be able to, you know, move their body and live better in their body. So I encourage people to start to have communication with this discomfort um, and to know that the pain does not define them and they are more than their pain. But 
it's complex. And, you know, one way of working with, with pain is trying to disassemble the, the chronic stresses that are rampant in the body that are running unchecked. And to do that, it, it is a, it is a process, it's process-based work. And so that does require a different um, orientation. Like, it's not like, oh, the pain's just going to go away. Process-based work means that I have to very, very slowly and methodically. It's a complicated thing. It's not just like a one easy thing to answer. But one of the things that I've noticed for most people living in pain is that there's other parts of their body that are controlling them are bracing for them. And those parts of the body that are holding on, holding it together for the other parts that are in pain are often just as needy. And so by letting down the guard of the whole body, you begin to tap into some of the the origin of pain, and then you can rebuild yourself from there. Um, And this is the work that helps to expose that deep heldness that deep stuckness of the control centers of both the brain and the body. So we need to actually let that stuff go and then selectively consciously rebuild. And it's very, very effective, but it does take time. So I know right now you're writing the book tour uh, right now and that everything's going great for you, but what is next for you? Do you have another book in mind? (laughs) How dare you ask me that? You know, it took me eight years to write this book, Derek. It was so laborious to write this book 480 pages of writing and illustrations so yes there is another book in mind um there are some adjunct things to this book that a lot of my readers and a lot of my students want me to put out and i'm not sure what i'll do next but i do actually have a really important stem book that i'd like to write for children um so that is something that is that burns in my mind every day and it's something that i wrote while i was writing this book um, but I just have to figure out then the time to put that in place. But in the meantime, I'm developing programming for my company, Tune Up Fitness, and I have a very full plate with a, a six-year-old and a nine-year-old um, and all sorts of other commitments to my company. <laughs> so book authoring is is kind of the lowest rung. But yes, I, I, I always do have a little creative project in the back in the back of my mind that I would like to get out. Fair enough. You just mentioned uh, small children. Um, as we get to the final phase of the interview, I always like to ask one fun question. What do you like to do for fun? How do you like to unwind and relax? Well, other than being with my kids, sometimes they're very stressful too. The one thing that always gives me joy <laughs> is singing. Really? So singing was my first love. And um, when I was in college and I was bulimic and struggling, I lost my voice. I didn't lose my voice. I mean, I always had my voice, but I, I was not as good as the other um, folks in my, in my major. And I could tell, and I, I knew that I just, I was not all that. And so I gave up that part of the arts and I gave up that part of my passion. Um, and then during the pandemic, I picked it back up again because I was writing about singing in my, I have an airway chapter, a, a voice and airway chapter. And I thought, well, you know what, I better, and I work with singers. Like I train singers in my methods, but I wasn't using the methods in conjunction with singing on myself. And so I thought, well, I I better check this out and make sure that this really is valid. I need to feel it in my body. And the past two years I've been training with a really amazing pop coach. And 
I had my lesson with him today. I do, I do a lesson with him once a week and it has been the greatest joy of my life other than of course my marriage and my children right, and publishing right, books. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But art heals. Let me just say art heals. I believe you. I believe you. All right. So what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? There's a number of ways. I have a very robust website. It's called tuneupfitness.com. And there are all sorts of uh, things that they can engage with there. There's a very well-written blog with lots of articles. There's also classes. I have an online classroom called Move, Breathe, Roll, where I drop a new class every week and even do a mentor program. There's also other programs. There's one on walking. It's called Walking Well. I did it with my friend Katie Bowman. Another program with my friend Kelly Starrett, who I mentioned earlier, called Treat While You Train. I have a new program coming out about HIT called Roll Into HIT with my friend, Dr. Jennifer Brony, and a more comprehensive fascia program for those of you that are more the prosumer or clinicians called Rolling Along the Anatomy Trains with one of the oracles of fascia in the world. His name is Tom Myers. And then I'm on Instagram at the Jill Miller. That's easy to find me. Just put the in front of Jill Miller. And there's teachers all over the world that teach yoga tune-up, role model, and body by breath methods. And you can find them through the website as well. Of course, we're on Facebook too. Of course. All right, Jill, I am my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this, if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of earth? That is so tough, Derek. What is the one thing? Find a way to make peace and play a part of your embodiment. Okay. The book is Body by Breath, The Science and Practice of Physical and Emotional Resilience, available on the TuneUp Fitness website, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you buy your books. Jill, congratulations on all your success. Congratulations on the book, and thanks for taking the time out of your, I know, incredibly busy schedule to speak with me today. Thank you for your interest. It's really an honor. Well, thank you. And just like that, Deval Nation, we come to the end of episode 171. I want to thank Jill for taking the time out of her incredibly busy schedule to come on the show and speak with me. When I first heard of her book, I knew 100% I had to have her on the show to tell her incredible story. And boy, did she not disappoint in any way, shape, or form. Jill, you are welcome back on my show anytime. Okay, tune again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. I have a really good one coming up in a few days, so be sure to keep checking out your favorite podcast streaming channel for that episode to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have. So please go and hit that subscribe button to keep up to date for when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, please drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We are still enjoying our partnership with the amazing Tee Public. The Derek Duvall Show is a great little store on there. And we have everything with our logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have some really fun t-shirts on there that Mrs. Duvall and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Go to the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you will be taken to our store on Tee Public. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. On behalf of myself and the entire team here at The Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening... What are you doing to manage your mental health this week? I suggest putting your phone away for at least 10 minutes every hour that you have some free time. Use that free time to go outside and breathe some fresh air or take your shoes off and stand on the grass. Either way, get away from your screen when you can. No star, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth.
This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.